it was nothing short of ridiculous to take a look at some of the news from Sunday. Some of the sites I used to gather audio and see all the clips talking about Liz Cheney. Let me say it again. Liz Cheney doesn't matter. And who cares what she says? The congresswoman from Wyoming, she's, she's a force to be reckoned with or something? No. She's so obsessed with Donald Trump, she might as well work for CNN. And no one cares if she doesn't like him. I care that she votes for things that are valuable to me. All she is is a cog in the machine. All any elected official is is a cog in the machine. Do what I want or leave. Because I vote you out. And if I get most of what I want, not all all of what I want, well, then that's a deal I have to make with myself now, isn't it? But I saw this in, 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 in local news outlets where I live, and I saw this nationally. I said, this is ridiculous. We're going to do an interview with, with Miles Taylor. Who the heck is Miles Taylor? Miles Taylor is the tool who wrote Anonymous. Oh, we're keeping things off Trump's desk to protect the country. Oh, you mean you're, you're guilty of treason? Well, let me figure out from which of these polls are we going to hang you for treason? Hmm, that one's high, but that one's got the better lighting. We're showing this on pay-per-view. Which way you want to go? Hmm, height or lighting, height or lighting, height or... I'm going with lighting. I want me an Emmy. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today on Facebook, Tony Katz Radio, Parlor, Instagram, Twitter, at Tony Katz. If you're keeping things off the president's desk, it's treason. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm the bad guy for doing a little dark comedy about it. Whatever you say. (laughs) Not you. Them. They. We're talking about these people. He's going to start a... Miles Taylor, he's going to start a a group uh, to reform the Republican Party. Who cares? He's got 100 Republicans. I got 75 million Republicans who voted for Trump. Can I help you? Do you realize what a non-story this is? The people on the East Coast, do they have gas yet? Are the gas stations still empty? Do we have any other cyber attacks on the horizon? Have we done anything about the cyber attacks that we have had? What about the southern border and the people who are either contracting COVID there or are dying because they're crossing without any kind of of, of proper uh, adequate care? Uh, the, The inviting people across the border and the administration lies about it. What about what's going on in Israel? What's going on with the terrorist organization Hamas? And how about the Democratic Party that refuses to even mention Hamas in their conversations? How about the cost of everything going up? Holy crap. Try and buy a car right now. Try and buy. I've been trying. I I went to, uh, you know, Meekum is one of the big auctions. I went. I'm a bidder. I got the, I got the passes and everything. Nope. But try buying a, a car right now, a used car. Prices are up by by multitudes because there are no new cars coming in. There are real issues and real subjects to talk about. You're talking about Liz Cheney and the Rio reform, the GOP. What kind of narrative-seeking nonsense garbage is this? It's not news. 
It's not news. Anybody doing this is not news. So we understand each other. Let me give you something that is news. Because this got... This got tweeted to me, and, and, and Ari, during the break, I looked at it. During the break, I um, tried to see who, who owns it, tried to get more information about it. I couldn't. This is a website called HoosiersInTheFight.com, and this is not about Hoosiers in any fight. Hoosiers, right? The word uh, for people, it's what we call people from Indiana. We're Hoosiers, right? And throughout central Indiana and really the whole of Indiana, there are parents fighting critical race theory. There are parents fighting anti-racism. They're fighting this bigotry and this hate. They're standing up and saying, we don't want this taught in schools. And they come from all walks of life. They are rich and they are poor, and they are men and they are women, and they are black and they are white. The idea that this is just one group of people, that this is just one thing, is completely and totally untrue. Critical race theory and anti-racism teach bigotry and teach hate and teach fear and teach division. And the people who say, whoa, 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 critical race theory is not being taught in the school. <laughs> They're so uninformed. Man, it's a lot of hate for parents who see right through you. If you're teaching about intersectionality, you're teaching about critical race theory. If you're teaching about oppressed and the oppressor, you're teaching about critical race theory. If you're teaching about things like social-emotional learning, and do you know how backwards you have to be to be pushing social-emotional learning? I'm still trying to get my head around it. What social-emotional learning is, as I have been reading about it, it is this idea that somehow the schools need to teach empathy. With all due respect, I don't think the schools are capable of it. They're barely capable of teaching math. And I like where my kids go to school. I've been very impressed with their teachers. But remember, when we're discussing these issues, we're not always discussing the teachers. The idea that all teachers agree is nonsense. Now, very often you'll find teachers who are silent. They're trying to keep their jobs. It's awful. But ask yourself, have you ever been silent at work because you're keeping your job? It's awful. You know, I've thought about a life not doing radio. But I need to speak. (laughs) I just, I, I, I do. And I'm always reminded of how fortunate I am. That I am able to do so. Because so many people are not. Critical race theory teaches bigotry. Don't try and sell parents on this idea. Well, you know, it's actually about a legal framework. You're talking about critical race studies. Does it matter? The sophist's argument has has no value for us. You teach hate you teach that everything is connected to race you teach people to look for hate therefore they learn to hate each other it is valueless and the people are like "Mm, you just don't understand oh yes lots of people are angry about critical race theory that's just because they've been they've been told wrong they don't understand what it is 
You believe that people are guilty for the color of their skin, even if they've done nothing wrong. They believe they're guilty because somebody else did something wrong. It is the belief in Toto, the idea that people are somehow born bad. I don't believe in any of this. I will not allow anyone to teach my children this. I am more than happy to fight you. For the sake of my children? Guaranteed and twice on Sunday. And by the way, you don't think it teaches hate? Let me let me share a story with you outside of this so we can get an understanding of what the progressive view is regarding hate. Police banned from New York City Pride Parade, gay officers left feeling disheartened. Organizers of the New York City Pride Parade said they're banning police and other law enforcement from marching in their parade until at least 2025. And they're going to keep on-duty officers a block away from the celebration. And they urge law enforcement to acknowledge their harm and to correct course moving forward. Proof of my thesis. You have no idea what these cops did. None. None whatsoever. I got to think it's not easy being a gay cop. I got to think it's not easy being a gay cop. And now they can't participate in a parade because of the work they do in saving people's lives? Well, these cops, yeah, if you don't want those cops participating, fine. What about the cops who are running through the streets of New York and someone was shooting in Times Square, grabbing babies, putting tourniquets on them, and running them uh, to ambulances? Not knowing if there was another shooter around, just doing the job. Uh, by the way, where, where, where I live, um, uh, I, I'm more than happy. I, I, you know, I'm, I'm not gay, but I, I'll hold a parade for gay cops. Honestly, if, if, if gay cops want to get together, let me buy everybody a cigar. I'll, I'll do it. I'll ju- just reach out to producer Ari. We'll get it done. I, I don't know what day. I don't know. When, when's the parade, Ari? You're asking me when to schedule your hypothetical parade? No, when is the gay pride parade in New York? How would I know that? Look it up. I didn't say you had it like off the top of your head. Settle down. Find out when it is and we'll do our own thing. June 27th. June June 27th? Yep. All right. Am I busy that day? What day of the week is that? Sunday. Oh, it's a Sunday? Really? Yeah. They're going to have a parade on Sunday? That's what it says. All right, fine. We're we're gonna we're, we'll we'll have a, a, a an event for gay police officers on on Sunday, June twenty seventh. Write it down. I'll get that done. But it goes to show you where this same thought process is at. Cops who do a good job are somehow now the cops who have done some horrible things. And therefore, all cops are guilty, and they, they're no longer who they are. Remember, you've heard me say it before. If you're black and conservative, you're not really black. If you're gay and conservative, you're not really gay. Well, if you're gay and a cop, you're not really gay, according to the Gay Pride Parade. This brings us to a site called HoosiersInTheFight.com, which starts with, kick the Klan out of Carmel. Now, Carmel refers to Carmel, Indiana. Very, very nice town. A lot of money in Carmel, Indiana. Maybe more money than any place else in Indiana. Stand up now or the Klan will have their knees on our necks later. 
Oh, this is going good. This is going good. So what they want you to do is uh, record names of white supremacists, collect and photograph any literature being distributed, record demonstrations, respect and thank the police, but record them too. Record videos of all speeches indoors and take names of speakers. Record videos of any verbal or physical altercations. Photograph white supremacists returning to their vehicles. And then they want you to identify them. Send all your footage and notes to them and send uh, information to the Southern Poverty Law Center, which we know is a bigoted organization, but they don't care. Find someone's address. Drive by. Drive by. Look for upside uh, down, uh, don't tread on me flags or come and take it flags or, or Trump flags. Report suspected domestic terrorists to the FBI. And then they say, watch Unify Carmel. What's Unify Carmel? It's one of many groups across the country that has come together to fight critical race theory and anti-racism, this bigotry being taught in schools. They're organizing, they're fighting, and here's this group telling you that they're Klan members or white supremacists. They want you to post the videos, contact the supremacist employers, let community organizations know if they have racist volunteers, and if police show sympathy with white supremacists, let your local police department know they have a staffing problem. Ah! See that? You're not allowed to disagree. You will be destroyed. So let me tell everyone who, who, who listens how, how to deal with this. First, uh, you, you show up to events. You show up to meetings. You fight for your children. Your children are worth it. Doesn't matter how they threaten you. It doesn't matter how Stalinist they get. These aren't decent people. You cannot allow indecent people to decide how, how you act. Your children are worth fighting for at all costs. Second, if the superintendent of the Carmel schools or if the superintendent of any school district, whether they be in central Indiana, in Indiana, or, or anywhere else in the country, in Iowa or Nebraska or Texas, doesn't call this out and say this is disgusting, Well, then throw that superintendent out of your school district. I believe a PAC needs to be created, public action, uh, political action committee. And that PAC has to just get people elected to school boards. That's all it does. And not only, not just once, for the next hundred years, ensure that these bigots don't get elected to school boards. Now, I don't know if the person who created this site is on a school board. I know that people who agree with this shouldn't be on a school board. Superintendents who don't decry this shouldn't be superintendents. Get it through your heads. Parents are fighting back. Their kids are worth it and they're not stopping. They're not going to stop. Anti-racism is evil. Critical race theory is disgusting. The teaching of bigotry is horrific. And no, you don't get to have my child. You don't get to do that to them. It's worth the fight, no matter the cost. That's how much I love my kids. My love for my children is greater than your hate for me.
Golda Meir said, you know, we'll have peace with the Palestinians when they love their children more than they hate us. We're not giving up. These parents are not giving up. This is a threat. This website, HoosiersInTheFight.com. It's a threat against parents who dare speak out. If there aren't elected officials and school board members who speak out against this, then of what value are they? So let's hear what they have to say. Go ask them. Let me know what they say. I'd be curious. (gasps) Wow, it does work both ways. I'm Tony Katz. Joe Biden speaking at the White House. Child tax credits, $300 a month for kids six and under. $250 a month for kids uh, who are over the age of six, depending on the income of their parents. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. Let's take it to President Biden. Who have stepped up and done their patriotic duty and gotten vaccinated. In less than four months, we've gone from less than 6% to 60% of adults in America with at least one shot. We're seeing the results in live, and and we're seeing the results in people's lives and in their livelihoods. Deaths are down from COVID by 81%, and also at their lowest level since April of 2020. As a result of our prompt action to roll out the vaccine and boost the economy, we've gone from stagnation to an economy that is growing faster than it has in nearly 40 years. We've gone from anemic job creation to a record of creation for more for a new administration. None has ever created this many jobs in this time frame. The progress is undeniable, but we're not done yet. And some of the hardest work is ahead. We're still losing too many Americans, and we still have too many unvaccinated people in America. Last week, the CDC announced that if you're fully vaccinated, you no longer have to wear a mask. They reported that science, the science now shows that your vaccination protects you as well as being masked or better than being masked. So you can protect yourself from serious illness from COVID by getting vaccinated or wearing a mask until you're fully vaccinated. Well, that's not what he said on social media. We'll have more of President Biden when we come back. This is Tony Katz today. The president is still going, talking about how patriotic it is to get the vaccine. 60% of American adults have at least one shot. Talking about this tax credit for kids, $300 a month. If you have a six-year-old or under, above that $250 a month, I don't know what that's going to do for people who have yet to get their tax returns. Millions of Americans who still don't have a tax return, and yet there's no reporting on that whatsoever. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today, it's great to be with you. Let's take it back to President Biden right now. And unattended. This is a unique moment in history, and it requires American leadership. But I want to be clear. Beating this pandemic globally is beyond the capacity of any one nation, even the United States. But we'll continue, the United States will continue to donate our excess supply, as that supply is delivered to us. But that won't be nearly enough. We need, what we need to do is lead an an, an entirely new effort 
an effort that involves working with the pharmaceutical companies and others and partner nations to vastly increase supply, to create most of it here in the United States, the kind of capacity that can beat this pandemic worldwide in a way that creates jobs here at home and saves lives abroad. This will take longer than our immediate work to donate from the existing supplies. And we're going to be asking other nations to help shoulder the economic cost of this effort. But the consequences will be more lasting and more dramatic. Doing this will help us beat the pandemic and leave us with the manufacturing capacity here to prepare for the next crisis, the next vaccine needed. I'm putting Jeff Zients, who is leading our COVID team and the COVID efforts to beat the virus here in the United States, in charge of this effort. Jeff will be working with our National Security Council and a talented, dedicated team that has been stood up all across our government. It will include Gail Smith at the State Department leading in diplomacy and experts from our Agency of International Development and the Department of Health and Human Services as well. We're going to bring the same whole-of-government response to the global effort that made us so successful here at home. Again, we have enough we have we, the United States, has secured enough supply for all eligible Americans, all Americans 12 years, 12 years old and older. And we still have work to do, though, hard work. But because we have done so much here, because of the power of American companies, research and manufacturing, we can continue to do more to help the rest of the world. This is a rapidly changing world. And it's a mistake to bet against democracies. Just as democracies led the world in the darkness of World War II, democracies will lead the world out of this pandemic. And America will lead those democracies as they work to bring greater health and hope to the world in the months to come. And uh, folks, uh, think back. Four months ago, four months ago, was an audacious goal that we had to put a million shots in the arms in my first 100 days as president. 100 million, I should say. We did over 220 million shots in that time frame. Back then, most adults weren't eligible to get the shot. Now, everyone 12 years or older is eligible. And tomorrow, 60%, by tomorrow, 60% of all American adults will have received at least one shot. Look what we've done. Look what we've done, America. Look at what you've done, America. There's not a single thing beyond our capacity to do in this country when we decide to do it, and we do it together. We can do whatever set our minds to do if we do it together. And that's exactly what we're going to do. Solve the problem here in the United States, which we're well on our way of doing, and help solve the problem for the world by organizing the rest of the democracies of the world. I want to thank you all. God bless you, and may God protect our troops. Thank Mr. you very President, much. Mr. President, He's not answering a question? Are you worried about a ceasefire given the escalation of violence? Sir, are you worried about situation in India, sir? Mr. President, will you now insist upon a ceasefire given the escalation in violence we've seen over the weekend? I'll be speaking with the Prime Minister in an hour, and I'll be able to talk to you after that. Thank do you, you still believe you've defended Israel's right to defend itself? Do you still believe its actions are proportionate to what they're facing? Ah. Now he's not answering. Sure, he'll, he's going to speak to Benjamin Netanyahu in, a, in an hour. 
See, I think the media is actually upset that he believes that Israel has the right to defend itself. I, I, I think that's where the arguments uh, are coming from. You know, I got to admit that Biden really, I think, believes it when he says there's nothing we can't do if we, when, when we're in it together. Like, like, I believe that that's that he believes that to be true. He just doesn't act like it in any way, shape, or form. He says it. He doesn't do it. And that's very weird for a guy who once had one of the great lines. Actually, I've used the line. This was, I think this was uh, when before he was running. He said that it, he said that it was his father who used to say this. And who knows? I mean, this is a guy who lies constantly. Somebody else could have written this, and he stole the line. He's a plagiarist, so the line was, show me a man's budget and I'll show you what he values. And I said, okay, I'm listening. You take a look at what somebody spends. You take a look uh, that the, that, uh, the, 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 the money that they put out and what they put it out for, those things are what they value. Not what they say they value, but what they actually value. And I said, hot diggity, that's a good line. That's a good line. I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm taking that. I'm using that. So here he is. This isn't the first time said there's nothing that's out of our capacity. Nothing that's out of our reach if we work together. I believe somewhere in his head, he believes he believes that. Not that he believes it. You know, maybe I should say it better. He believes he believes it. But in his actions, he doesn't do anything that's together. Even Jen Psaki, the White House press secretary, has told us point blank uh, that Joe Biden does not believe at all in the idea of bipartisanship in Congress. Doesn't, doesn't believe in it. That's not where he wants his bipartisanship. Meanwhile, we've been talking about, uh, you know, masks and how the CDC is that, hey, you don't have to wear a mask anymore outside, maybe not inside, mask, whatever. But when Governor Greg Abbott and others said we're going to get rid of mask mandates, we were told they had Neanderthal thinking. They were dangerous people, terrible people, violent people, extreme people. Greg Abbott, the governor of Texas, putting out on Twitter today. Today, Texas reported zero COVID. This was actually yesterday. I take it back on Sunday, not yesterday. It was on Sunday. Let's, let's make sure we call the days when, when they are. And he wrote, zero COVID-related deaths. The only time that's happened since data was tracked in March of 2020. The fewest COVID cases in over 13 months. The lowest seven-day COVID positivity rate ever. The lowest COVID hospitalizations in 11 months. Thanks, Texans. But Neanderthal thinking, right? Just Neanderthal. How could you be so ridiculous? You're going to get people killed. You know, this idea of paying attention to the science, I think, is really, really important. It's just a question of where you got your science, right? Paying attention. CDC looked at the science, and they're like, meh, meh, meh. Meh, 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 meh. You know, you know, you don't have to. 
You don't have to worry about other people's science. We'll, we'll tell you what the science is, and all oh, that science is no good science. Clearly, the science of Florida and the science of Texas was better than the science of California and the science of New York, and I'm glad cases in, in California are going down. That's great. I want people having COVID. What a weird thing to want. But Texas did it right. Texas was fine. Texas made decisions, and it worked out. Not everything the government does is perfect. And in this case, government hurt Americans a lot. A lot. But again, it goes back to Biden may believe something, but his values don't show that. Right? Texas worked together. Look at the result they got. What did he call them? Neanderthals. But the tax credit is going to be the thing. $300 a month for people who have children under the age of six, $250 from uh, the age of, what's I guess, seven, uh, or maybe it's the age six to 17 a month. Don't even ask how this is getting paid for, guys. No one even cares. People just want what they want. In the meantime, people haven't gotten their refunds yet. There are people who haven't gotten stimulus checks yet. Not having uh, tax refunds, not having stimulus checks, which were promised to them, I don't agree with the the stimulus check. I absolutely agree with people's tax refunds. Government hasn't provided it. And no one has said, time for the pitchforks. It's the government holding your money. Uh, Maybe. Maybe no member of Congress should be paid until the people get their refunds. That, to me, is a very, very smart thing to do. We'll see how this 300 250 plays out. We'll see what it's going to cost America. We'll see whether it creates any value, which, no, it's not going to create any value. As for what's going on in Israel, in that conversation on Benjamin Netanyahu, you notice they never mentioned Hamas? We're going to mention Hamas. That's coming up. I'm Tony Katz. Penn State University, Happy Valley people, they're going to drop male-centric terms because, as you know, this is how you create a better world. (laughs) Sorry, I made myself laugh. What what do you want from me? They're dropping male-centric terms like freshman and senior, and they're going to drop the words he and her in a bid to become more inclusive. However, the football coaches will still only abuse the boys. Oh, my God. I'm sorry. We can either focus on what's important or we can focus on what's not important. Your choice. I went for the joke. Not only am I not apologizing, quote me. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. It's good to be with you. Ari, are you angry that I told the joke? Or are you angry that you didn't think of the joke? No, Tony, everyone in the world thought of the joke. It was the, 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 the actually saying out loud. There's things you keep in your head. Mmm, not that. Not that. Many other things, sure. No, that that one had to get said. We all needed to be on the same page about this ridiculousness. If you're offended by the term senior or freshman, there's something wrong with you. You're not really ready to engage in an adult world. If you were applying for a job with Tony Katz Enterprises and you said you're offended by the term freshman, um, you would not get hired. Now, am I allowed to say that's the reason you weren't hired? I don't know. 
I don't know. Maybe I would get in trouble for that. Then maybe that one I would keep in my head. Dear Lord. They're going to replace underclassmen and upperclassmen with lower division and upper division. They're going to, the phrase him or her will be replaced with them. But that's terrible English. It's bad grammar. Why would I replace with bad grammar? I'm not doing it. I'm out. I'm going to say he or she. I'm going to say him or her. And if I get it wrong for you, okay. I won't engage bad grammar to make someone feel better. I won't do it. It's crazy. You're all nuts. Thank you. Just nuts. Speaking of people who won't engage uh, properly, you've got Representative Ocasio-Cortez. You have Representative Ilhan Omar. You have Representative Rashida Tlaib. You have Representative Andre Carson. All of them showing their anti-Semitic stripes. All of them showing their bigotry. Every single one of them. You'll notice that when they talk about Israel, and if you missed my conversation with uh, 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 Council General uh, from Israel to the Midwest, uh, Aviv Ezra, I'll, I'll share that. In, 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 for those of you who get the next hour, I'll, I'll share that with you. Uh, they, they, they talk about Israel as, as bigoted. Israel is apartheid state. Israel is racist. Benjamin Netanyahu is a bigot. You know what they don't ever talk about? Hamas. They don't ever talk about the terrorist organization, Hamas. They don't ever refer to them as terrorists. They don't ever refer to them as as violent. It never comes up. Exactly what is Penn State focused on if they're really worried about freshmen and senior? Now, you can do two things at once, absolutely. But this is the thing that matters? It's like the people who focused on, uh, you know, oh, look, uh, the Republican Party needs reform. And, oh, look, here's an interview with Liz Cheney. <laughs> who cares about Liz Cheney? Real things are happening in the world. But the people who talk about Israel, they, uh, they never seem to refer to Hamas as a terrorist organization. That's really weird. Like, Really, really weird that they somehow avoid that. And one has to ask why. Why won't they say it the way it is? You see, they want you to say it the way they want it said, but they're not talking about it the way it is. The way it is is that Hamas is a terrorist organization. And when they constantly avoid it, you realize there's a reason. It has to come to you. It has to dawn on you. You have to realize that they're saying it for a reason. One that they cannot deny. That is something worthy of discussion. Not worthy of discussion, Prince Harry. Prince Harry goes on a podcast. Prince Harry is married to Meghan Markle, right? Uh, She's the one who, you know, ruined him. And I liked her so much on Suits, super attractive. Thought she was fine in the show, and it turns out she's just terrible. Or not, whatever, it's the Royals, I don't care. But he goes on a podcast with Dak Shepard, right, armchair expert. All of a sudden, Prince Harry's talking about the First Amendment. And he actually says, I don't want to talk about the First Amendment, you know, I'm still learning about it. But he uses the expression, it's bonkers. 
And all of a sudden, this is playing out in media. Oh, Prince Harry, he doesn't like the First Amendment. He doesn't like free speech. He calls it bonkers. I'm here to tell you, I've seen Piers Morgan go after him, Ted Cruz, Senator Ted Cruz, Representative Dan Crenshaw. I don't think he meant it like that. I think he meant, you know, the idea of free speech is amazing. Bonkers. It's crazy. Not that he was negative about it. Maybe the problem is we're actually paying attention to what Prince Harry has to say. How about we pay less attention to what Prince Harry says, we pay more attention to what elected officials don't say. Because what they don't say gives away what they believe. Their bigotry on full display. Follow on Facebook, Tony Katz Radio. This is Tony Katz Today.